Hey, you're listening to City Lift Church's podcast. We hope today's message fuels you with courage for your journey. Here's today's message. Hey, have you ever missed a moment? Anybody here ever missed a moment? You ever, you ever uh, maybe did like a, a sales call? And, and uh, I tried to sell credit card machines for three weeks about 10 years ago. I was terrible at it. I'm a terrible salesman. And, uh, and so uh, they asked the question, and I didn't have the answer to it, and I stumbled over my words. Anybody ever done that? And you just look really stupid, and you need to go back and do your homework. And I missed a moment, right? I, I missed a sell. You ever, you ever thought somebody was cute, and they talked to you, and then you're like, uh, 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 and then you're like, I'm really not this dorky, but I am right now, and I can't do anything about it. You just you missed, missed a moment maybe, right? And I remember when I, I first met my wife, and uh, she was at the mall with her friends, and I was at the mall with some of my friends, and one of my friends thought she was cute, and he, he liked her. He's trying to talk to her, so I knew that if I ever had a chance, I had to make my move, and it had to be right, and I'll never forget my opening line. I was looking at shirts in the express store, and I'm, like, interested in her, but I'm trying to play it cool. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't want to be desperate, right? Like, you don't want to come across, like, needy. You just, you know, this low-key interest, and so I, I, I was looking at these shirts, and I, I went to her. I said, hey, what do you think about this shirt? That was, my, that was like my inroad line right there. We started talking about shirts. And I'm going to give some of you men uh, uh, some help right now. Like make it about a third-party thing, okay? Like don't, don't go in talking about yourself and your muscles. And please stop posting bathroom pics on Tinder, okay? I'm just going to help somebody out this morning, okay? And just make it about a third-party thing and get the conversation started. And, and so, and anyway, I didn't miss that moment 14 years later and a couple kids. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but, but, there's, but there's other moments you just, you just miss, right? And, and if you've ever missed a moment, you know the power of a missed moment and, and how that feels. And this morning, we're going to read from 2 Kings chapter 13. And we're going to read about a missed moment. And as we go into year number two, I think that moments are more important than ever before. And year one is important, but year number two is even more important. There, there's a moment before us that we want to seize and uh, we're going we're gonna to chat about that this morning. So 2 Kings chapter 13, I'm going to start reading in verse 14, and we're going to throw it on the back as well. And i got to be honest with you guys, I'm getting over a two-week head cold. Last week we had Pastor Martin preach, and I am so grateful for him because, um, like, his, his, first of all, his shoe game has really improved a lot since he's been back in South Florida, even for a couple of months. I'm really proud of him. And, uh, but I couldn't even talk last week, so I'm getting over this head cold, sound a little nasally, but... Whatever, just love me and just tell me I did a good job today, okay? All right, 2 Kings chapter 13, starting in verse 14. said, Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried. Now in the Hebrew, when they would write something twice, it was like an exclamation point. So really what he said was, my father, like he's really, he's moved emotionally. He cares a lot about him. He said, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows, and he did. He said, take the bow in your hands, and the king did that. And he said, when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. He said, open the east window, and he opened it. He said, shoot. Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. Everybody say, strike the ground. Come on, let's say it like we're gangsters this morning. Say, strike the ground. Thank you. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. 
then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will only defeat it three times. And Elisha died and he was buried. The moment is now over. Now, if, if you look at this you know, passage of scripture, first of all, Jehoash, you know, yes, yes, he's emotional. And yes, he's worried about Elisha, but he does something very, very common. In fact, Damo, if you can bring out my arrows for me really quick, man. Bought these bad boys this week. At, uh, and hang right here for me, Damo, because you're part of the illustration here. And just, I'm not going to shoot these at Damo. Don't worry. Everybody's safe today. No leaders are harmed in the making of this message. And, uh, but uh, he, he takes the arrows, which is kind of an awkward thing if somebody hands you arrows, right? And, and, and shooting an arrow, that makes sense. But striking the ground with arrows may be a little bit more odd. And, um, and so he does something that's just very, very common. He, he takes the arrows and he just goes, one, two, three. And, he, and he's done, right? When you, when you go and knock on someone's door, what, what do you do? Usually you knock on their door and you're like, one, two, maybe, maybe one, two, three. If you ring the doorbell, bing, once, maybe two times. If you're my son, it's a hundred times, ding, 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 right? Like if you, if you have a two-year-old in the house, you know it's a totally different game. When, when you meet somebody for the first time, it's just cordial and common and normal. I, what did you, I don't know what you did, but <laughs> when you shake their hand, you go like one, maybe one, two, but nobody does like that. That's kind of weird, right? Like that's a little awkward. Or, or maybe, have you ever seen two guys hug, right? Like they go up, what's up, bro? One, two. That's like a rule, okay? Like, I'm just going to let everybody know. Like, that's, that is a rule among men. It's like, it's like when you're using the restroom and there's a line of urinals, you have at least a one urinal rule of space, okay? Like, this is truth. I don't know who wrote that rule, but it's there. And so nobody, nobody comes up and they're like, hey, man. Like, no one does that, right? Like, it's one, two, and then it's over. Thank you, Damo. You can, you can sit down. <laughs> Damo's, Damo's amazing. And, uh, but, but like, so Elisha hands him the arrows and the king responds with a common response. He responds with a normal response, but apparently God wasn't looking for a common response. God was looking for a little bit of passion. He was looking for a little bit of zeal. He was looking for a little bit of fire and the king's bones to set God's people free. And so he sits here and he's just like, okay, yeah, I'll be cute. Listen, you want to look cute in front of the mirror, but you don't want to play it cute with your calling. Can I get an amen? And so God is looking to see some fire in the king and it's just not there. And whether the king, you know, maybe doubted himself, maybe he doubted God, maybe, watch this, maybe he was just apathetic about the mission. And for whatever it was, what was in the spirit of Elisha was not in the spirit of the king because Elisha was like, man, you should have done it five or six times. Like, you should have gone after that thing, man. This is your moment. You should have showed up. And for whatever reason, the king only shows up about 50%. He only, he only apathetically makes the effort. I, I, guys, here, here's what I'm saying is that the arrows have been handed to our generation. And what I want to ask you this morning is, is the world going to see another generation of apathy and an apathetic church? Come on, somebody. Or are they going to see a church that's willing to strike the arrows twice as much? Are they going to see some passion? Are they going to see some zeal? Are they going to see some fire in our bones? Because until you and I care about this thing called the local church, why would the world ever look at it twice? 
I don't know if you've been noticing the current cultural climate right now, but everybody's crazy. <laughs> everybody's crazy. And they are passionate about their crazy. It doesn't matter what anybody's into anymore, but they are crazy passionate about it. Can I get a witness this morning? There are still some believers that care about this wild thing called Christianity and the church and Jesus and the lostness of mankind and worship. I want Sundays to be a big deal in my heart. When I get together and I worship with other people, I want that to mean something to me. When somebody doesn't know Jesus, I want that to move me the way it moved me when I first got saved. When someone's hurting and broken in the church, they need encouragement. I, I want that to mean something to me. You know, I, I want Sundays in my heart to be a big deal. Like my daughter, Audrey, I love it right now. She's five years old, and, and the whole church thing in general is so new to her and so fresh. And so by Friday, she's like, is it church party day? You know? And, 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 I, and I love it because we've just kind of created that culture in our home because, listen, we are a church plant, okay? It's work. Like, it's that, it's that work, 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 work. Like, that's what a church plant is. Like, it's work. And, and I'm sweating, and I, I'm sweating, and, and, you know, Martin and I are sitting up pipe and drape, and we got to get up here and preach. And, like, it's work for everybody, you know? And yet, we, at home, we're like, we call it church party day, mostly just for mom and I to keep our sanity, right? Like, it's just church party day. So she's like, is it church party day? Is it our one-year birthday? She's just so excited, but I, I want to have that childlike spirit when it comes to church. Yes, church is messy, but there's a powerful message to preach. Come on, right? Like, like yes, there's some pain, but there's a greater promise involved for us, you know? And, and, and yes, it's a little crazy and chaotic and people aren't all there. But, you know, I, I believe in this thing called the local church. And Jesus died on a cross to give birth to the local church. God must be knowing what he's doing. I want that to mean something to me. I want that to mean something to me. So year number two, three simple things. I'm not going to preach a long time today. Don't worry. I know some of you are already looking at the clock. I'm just going to give three simple things, and, and then we're going to do a few things, and we're going to party ourselves out of here. So how do we have twice the strike as we go into year number two? Right, Year number one mattered. Year number two matters even more. How do we have twice the strike as we go into year number two? A couple things. I just want to read it for us and, and write it down. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. And man, blessed are the note takers for they will inherit eternal life. That's in the Bible. Number one, what do we want to do to have this, this twice the strike spirit? We want to be living a life led by the Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's something about the Holy Spirit that he just brings his own energy. He brings it himself. He just does it. Here's what catches so many believers that I, that I believe in 2019 that get so many in trouble is we're led by our emotions and we're not led by the Spirit. And you got to be tricky with emotions because emotions will tell you like not to get out of bed in the morning and not go to work, right? Emotions will tell you it's been a long week. Go ahead and eat that thing of Ben and Jerry's. You deserve it, you know? Like emotions will tell you, like, don't have that difficult conversation with your spouse. Just cover, cover it up, right? I mean, emotions, man, they, they're great reflectors sometimes, but they're terrible guides in our life. And the thing about living a life led by emotions, it's much like a good roller coaster ride, right? There's ups, there's downs, 
You know, your side, side, a few times your stomach drops, you know, when you didn't expect it. But in the end, you're exactly where you started. You didn't actually go anywhere. For our lives to go somewhere and for our church to go somewhere, we got to be led by the Spirit and not our emotions. If we were led by our emotions, we would have stopped a long, long time ago. Why? Because no one feels like getting up at 5 a.m. Our call time used to be 7 a.m. Thank God those days are over. 8 a.m. feels like heaven, and then we get the time change soon. I'm going to feel great about planting this church at that point, you know. Nobody feels like that. Nobody feels like getting up. Nobody feels like putting up the signage. I mean, can we give it up for the guys that put up our signage? Like, they're amazing. Nobody feels like that, but you can't go anywhere being led by emotions. Emotions don't build great churches. The Holy Spirit does. Sweat does. Work does. A church isn't built on the talent of a few. It's built on the sacrifice of many. Can I get an amen? And so, good, leaders, this is, this is your win. But year number two, we want to be Holy Spirit-led. Why? Because tough times are coming and good times are coming. And the same God that's with me on the mountaintop is the same God that's with me in the valley. Amen? And it's about falling in love with the journey and the process and Jesus. Right? Ministry is a terrible mistress. Right? Like, she, she'll flirt with you. She'll, she'll say you're cute. And then one week later, she dumps you, and you don't even know what happened. That's what ministry is like. And if you've been a leader here for a year, you know what I'm talking about. It's true. But our faith isn't in people. Our faith is in the voice of the Holy Spirit and what God told us to do. Can I get an amen? So we want to be led of the Holy Spirit. I, I, think, I think being led of the Holy Spirit is much like windsurfing. You position yourself to be ready for it, but the power comes from the wind, and you have to catch the wind, and then you move with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what we're doing here, number two, getting ready. Number two, we want to have greater perspective. We want to have greater perspective. Can I, can I have you guys come on out with that rope and the marker? So Damo and Michelle, I think if you guys could run up here really quick and help me out. And uh, sorry, I, I know I didn't give you the warning I, I was going to give you. Michelle's like, why'd you put me on blast like this? Those are great shoes, though, girl. You look amazing. So, all right. So I should, have, I should have a marker back there, too, on that. Um, do I have a marker back there? Can I get an acknowledgement that we have a marker? All right, awesome. <laughs> all right, so, Damo, you head all the way over there on that end, and we'll stretch it. And give me the marker, though, before you do that, boss. Thank you so much. All right, you head all over there, and, Michelle, you head as far as you can on, on this way, okay? I think this is a pretty good-sized rope. So as far as you can take it, guys, go ahead, go ahead and take it. All right, perfect. Okay. Now, don't break anything, okay? Please don't knock the keyboard over. All right, you guys are incredible. If... If this represents time, and, and this is all the time that has come before, scientists think the universe is about 14 billion years old, right? So a lot of time, okay? And, and so, so if that represents all the time before, and this represents eternity and everything that is to come, and if we could stretch it out even farther, we would, but if that represents everything that we're going to living in heaven and eternity and everything like that, then right now, our life is this little dot. Our 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, is this little dot on the perspective of the massiveness of time. There is one thing that you and I get to do in this little moment that we didn't get to do before and will never get to do again, and that is tell other people about Jesus. Because in this tiny little dot and moment and speck of time, 
I can't take my cars with me to eternity. I can't take my house with me to eternity. I, I can't take a baseball collection or a gun collection. All I can take into eternity is another human being. That's it. There's an old school movie. It's, it's maybe 10, 15 years ago now called Gladiator. Anybody see that with Russell Crowe? It's like just a super manly, manly movie. Okay, like three of us. Dang it, now I feel old. I hate the rest of you, okay? And Russell Crowe is just, I, I, I love Russell Crowe. He's a great actor. And, and he plays this character, Marcus Aurelius. And he's just like this Roman soldier turned gladiator. And when they would greet each other, they would like embrace arms and say strength and honor. My brother and I would walk around the house, strength and honor. You know, I don't know if Roman soldiers even did that, but it was good enough for Russell Crowe, so it was good enough for us. And so, and so it, it was just a great movie. In, in, in the movie, the character said something. He said, what we do on the earth echoes an eternity. What we do on the earth echoes and eternity. Can I just remind us all this morning, the reason we do what we do is for people who are far from God, that have yet to come into the family of God and know Jesus and fall in love with Jesus. And we have a moment compared to all eternity that coming. That's why Paul said, he goes, these light and momentary afflictions and if you read what Paul went through, man, he was shipwrecked and beat and stoned and naked and jailed. He went through some stuff. And you might have had a bad week, but you probably weren't whipped and stoned and beat. And he calls that a light affliction compared to the glory that is coming for us. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm just looking for some believers that have a little bit of guts this morning that are willing to go through some things and just call it a light affliction. Because it's going fast. In a few years, I'm going to turn 40 years old. And I know I don't look it. And if you think I do, shut up. And, and, and it's like playing a church is hard. But, but it's like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's like halfway. It's just boom. And we've been a year. I feel like we've been going for four weeks. So fast. It's just it's a moment. It goes fast. When I was in middle school, I'm going to close this point with this. You guys can sit down. Thanks so much. I had, I had a, it was in the sixth year, we were playing a basketball tournament, and it was super hard. It was a long day. We made the semifinals. We had three minutes left. We were down by a few points, and my coach set us all down, and he said, boys, he's like, you got to play with everything you have in the next three minutes because when the moment that buzzer ends, you don't get to take a break and come back to this game tomorrow morning. The moment is gone. The game is over, so you better leave it all out on the court because that's it. It's over. Can, can I remind some of us this morning that, like, man, you got a 40-year, 50-year, 60-year stretch, and that's it. Your moment to change people for eternity is gone. The buzzer's over. Let's make it count. Can I get an amen? I want this church to count. I want our lives to count. I, I, I want to have a little bit of perspiration when I obey Jesus. I want to sweat a little bit trying to follow Jesus. Is it easy? No, but it's just a moment. It's a light affliction. It goes fast. You know, on all of our gravestones one day, we're going to have a start date and a stop date. But what matters, guys, is that little dash in the middle. What did you do in your dash? Whether you're 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years old when you go into eternity, it's a dot. What did you do in your dash? What did you do in your dash? One more point. We're going to go have some cake here. I want to have number three as we go into year number two. I want to have passion in my patience. I want to have passion in my patience. When, when you plant an orange tree from a seed and you put that seed in the ground, 
it takes about seven to ten years before that tree will produce oranges that you can eat and that you can juice. Seven to ten years. And then when the, when the tree grows a little bit and it produces its first orange, you can't even eat that orange because the tree isn't mature enough, so you can't actually eat that fruit. And, and then another year goes by, another season goes by, and then it produces like a dozen. And then another season goes by, and then it produces a few dozen. You can finally start enjoying those, but they're not even really that good. And then after that, a seasoned, mature tree will produce 300 oranges in a season, and now you got orange juice forever, right? But, 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 but what happens is, is so many of us as believers is, is we look at the seed, and, and we live in the Amazon Prime generation, guys, right? Like, like if it doesn't sh- show up in two days, something's wrong, right? Like we're like, like yo, it, it, it didn't happen in 30 seconds. Well, what's wrong? Can I, can I tell you there was nothing genetically wrong with that orange tree, even though it took it seven to ten years to produce, and so often we, we judge ourselves and we judge other things on its journey, even though there's nothing genetically wrong with it. We're like, why didn't it show up in two days? Why didn't it happen overnight? You know, and, and, and I just want to remind someone this morning, like, like, yes, we've had over 50 people receive Christ this year. That's amazing. That's good fruit. I think it's going to be more of this next year. I think in 10 years, it'll be a fraction of what we're going to be able to do. You know, I, I think if we've just scratched the surface, we are a one-year-old baby church plant producing our first few oranges. Guys, what we're going after is an orchard of orange trees. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's happening. I mean, look around. It's happening. It just doesn't happen overnight. But it's a good thing. It's a God thing. And, and I want to have passion in my patience. I don't want to judge the journey of somebody else or the church or leaders or whatever. It's like, man, we're growing. But I want to have passion in my patience. I never want to slip into the spirit of, oh, man, I'm, I'm a seed this year. I'll just be a seed next year. Oh, I'm a small plant this year. I'll just be a small plant next year. Oh, it, it didn't happen this way. So, you know, what, what if we're thinking clock and God is thinking calendar? What if we think minutes and God's thinking months, right? See, we, we think two-day delivery and God's like, it might take me 20 years to get that out of you before I can bless you with what I really want to give you. If God makes you wait, you're in good company. Jesus waited 30 years for a three-year ministry, guys. Come on. See, some of you are judging yourself so hard because it's not already happening. But, man, just give yourselves time. You're going to grow into the thing God will get you to grow into. It's just there's nothing even genetically wrong with you. It's just give it time. Give it space. You know, put, put some faith around it. Let yourself just calm down a little bit. So often we beat ourselves up so hard so fast, and God's like, just give it a little space. Man, put a little water on it. Put it in the right soil. It's going to grow. It's going to take off. It'll be good. Amen? So I want to have passion in my patience. Um, I'm going to close with this. Hebrews 6.12, Paul says, or, or the writer of Hebrews says, we don't know, really know if it's Paul or not, but I think it is, but whatever. He said, we don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what's been promised. I want to have faith and patience. I want to believe just because it doesn't happen in six months or even six years that certain things are not possible. And all I can say is, is, you know, planning this church and doing what we're doing. I was just like, Holy Spirit, you, I know what you told me. I, I know what I saw. I know what you gave and put in my heart. And, and we're just a fraction of the way there. But I'm like, God, I want to have faith and patience because it's so easy, check this out, to get lazy while you wait. It's so easy to give up on the seed and give up on that small plant and say, oh, you'll never produce oranges. You'll never get there, whatever it is. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that spirit. I always want to have the spirit of faith and patience. Just because it didn't happen next week, 
or next month doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I don't know what you're believing God for today. I don't know what you're holding out for. I don't know what you feel like feels impossible, but I want to leave you with this. I want to encourage you with this. Have faith and patience. Have faith and patience. We're going to get a lot of things in eternity that maybe we don't even get right here. Some of you are like, I'll never buy a, a, a house in Southwest Ranchers. Yeah, but you get in a mansion for eternity. You know, let's be content where we are as we stretch for more. There's never been an easier generation to compare our entire lives away. I don't want to compare my life away. I want to be 100% into the thing God's asked me to do. I want to be present. I want to have faith. I want to have patience. All right, at this time, I get to do something super, super exciting as I chat year number two. Can I have uh, Pastor Martin Marielli and my lovely wife? And uh, I'm so excited for this announcement. Y'all be ready. Give it up for them. I'm so excited. We get to announce this to you guys today, all right? And this is just part of my faith and patience thing that's happening. I'm, I'm super, super amped. This next year in 2020, Pastor Martin and Marilee, we are going to launch a Spanish experience out of our church. We are going to launch a full-on Spanish, full-on city lift, full-on everything us. We're going to launch a Spanish option. There's a lot of people, you know, even, even like next-gen people that just don't speak English or struggle a little bit. So we're going to launch a full-on Spanish experience just to reach them. And this is something that's been in my heart since like last January. I called Martin up and I said, yo, man, I said, this is going to come out of the blue. But I was like, I can't get this out of my heart that God keeps talking to me about doing something, you know, for Hispanic people that, you know, only speak Spanish. And I was like, I, I you know, I, I bought Rosetta Stone. I used it for like two weeks and I stopped. Isn't that terrible? So that's, that's where I'm at right now. And, and I said, but God keeps talking to me. And I said, and, and he was like, dude, this is crazy. He's like, but I feel like the last few months God's been talking to me about being a part of City Lift. And they lived in North Carolina at the time. And, and I said, dude, that's crazy. Let's just pray about it. And so long story short, after giving months of prayer, talking to our wives, you know, and, and it was just like, and it was a big deal. They left family in North Carolina. And, and in fact, Mary Ellie's parents, they about murdered me this last week when I was up there in North Carolina. I barely made it off my life. No, I'm kidding. They're actually the sweetest things ever. And, and so, but I took, the, I took the grandbabies from the grandparents. That's terrible, isn't it? I feel actually a little guilty about that. But it's God, so I'm going to blame it, live in on that. And, uh, but I'm so excited, guys, because I believe there's so many people to reach down here. You know, I mean, there's so many people to reach down here, and this is just one more thing where we get to expand our outreach and reach people right where they are at. And sometimes there's a language barrier, and maybe we're going to break that this year with our Spanish experience. So could you guys give it up for them really quick? Thanks for listening to City Lift Church's podcast. Subscribe now to get new episodes each and every week. If you live in or are ever in the South Florida area, come visit us on Sundays at Northeast High School in Oakland Park. You can also visit our website at citylift.church and keep updated with us on Instagram by following us at citylift.church.